0: is the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Holly.
1: And I'm Luke.
0: Through the conversations we're having on this podcast, we're exploring themes of worldly well-being. And by listening today, you're joining the conversation.
1: Oh boy, what a conversation it is today.
0: Je suis very, very excited.
1: We are about to take a dive into the depths of a world.
0: This is something that if I am, um, I think about, most hours of the day. And I get very excited about when I have some upon my person.
1: Yes. So for clarity's sake, we're talking about chocolate. And specifically, we're talking about the wonderful and innovative brand Rio Nuevo. We're talking to the founders, Sarah and Andres, and we're very excited to deep dive into exactly what they're doing and how they are shaking up the chocolate industry.
0: Bring it on. That's all I can say. Bring it on. Hello and welcome, Sarah and Andreas. Hi. Hi. Thank you for You're having inviting us. us. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us from, am I right in saying Cornwall?
2: Yes. yes, sunny Cornwall
1: <laughs> okay, so where are whereabouts are we talking to you?
2: So we are in Penryn at the moment, um that's where we're based, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, by the sea, about ten minutes away from the beach, yeah,
2: oh, yeah beautiful. yeah, we, we like to rub it in, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's only Absolutely. because you know people always think sunny Cornwall by the beach is so enjoyable, but it's not always sunny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're glad that you are in a beautiful location for this conversation. Um, I'm calling from Tirana in Albania, and it's very hot right now. Uh, I've had to shut the windows to be able to keep the outside noise down. So if I'm in this conversation like a piece of chocolate that's been left out in the sun for too long, then you'll know why. But that was my very lame attempt at a segue into what you do. So would you like to uh, tell us a little bit about what the work is that you're doing um, and and why maybe you're doing
2: it? <laughs> yeah. That's a very good question. Um, yeah. Well, we make chocolate or <laughs> well, we are a chocolate um, company. <laughs> and we started this because when Andreas and I decided to go to get married, we wanted to get married in a different place. Um, so we decided to go and get married in the Amazon rainforest. Ecuador of Ecuador. Andres uh, is originally from Ecuador and I'm originally from Colombia. Although we grew up here in Mm. the UK, we always had that, you know, our hearts um, and our roots. um, You know, we wanted to go back and do something different. So when we went there, uh, we had an amazing wedding. It was really nice. Um, Mm -hmm. And the local people um, where we were staying in the Amazon rainforest showed us how to make chocolate. Uh, We knew that uh, cacao is quite an amazing product and that ecuador it's known for to have the finest quality cacao so when they showed us how to make chocolate that did three things for us we realized that it actually tasted amazing and it it was the best chocolate ever um two we saw how chocolate was actually made um it's quite interesting because although we are from south america um i personally didn't know the whole process of uh, chocolate making. Um so there we were shown how it, it was done. And third, it made us realize that chocolate doesn't come from Switzerland. Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Swiss there's no such <laughs> a thing as Swiss chocolate. <laughs> so that that's how everything started. Um More than that, we've always been interested in working with communities back at home. Uh, We're very interested in the environmental and social aspects of things. So we went there because, you know, the environment, tree lovers, we wanted to get married in the rainforest. Um, But seeing this, uh, we kind of made a link between all these elements. So we learned that uh, the farmers get paid very little money for the produce, that we were losing uh, a variety that is our heritage and that is quite important in, for chocolate in general, because it's one of the um, finest varieties of cacao in the world. So all of these things kind of uh, made us realise that we wanted to do something. Um, about the farmers and chocolate was a tool, uh, yeah.
3: And that mm-hmm. happened about almost eight years ago, and and uh, ever right. since we started working, uh, so from that moment we started working on on this project uh, and finding ways on how to help the, these farmers, these communities, these cacao growing communities. And obviously, to make uh, the finest uh, of, uh, food or, or product, you need the finest ingredients. You need you need to start with the finest ingredients. And cacao from Ecuador is what, uh, cacao is used to make chocolate. So cacao from Ecuador is um, the the finest in the world. So we thought there is a good opportunity here for us to, to be able to uh, connect the consumers uh, chocolate lovers with the cacao growing communities of this amazing ancient variety of cacao that makes the most amazing and delicious
0: chocolate
2: yeah I mean who doesn't love chocolate (laughs) (laughs) honestly
0: well you are talking to two people I I recently um, about a month ago I started to question myself Holly do you have an actual problem because I (laughs) realised I found it really hard to go a day without some chocolate Um, Luke and I I've actually discussed chocolate on one of our really early episodes of the podcast about how chocolate is a really easy way to turn fair trade and to make a difference through a small amount. Mm. But I mean, chocolate lover doesn't really even encompass the joy that it brings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, I I came back to Albania a couple of weeks ago and I noticed about five days in, I, was, I, I said to my, my husband, I was like, Oh wow, I've not I've not had chocolate. And like and it was entirely unintentional because it's really hard to get access to, to good quality, fairly traded, you're not screwing over farmers, you you know, it's it tastes good chocolate here. Like it's this kind of sweet, sugary americanized candied chocolate as opposed to the the, what i'm hearing you're talking about the quality chocolate that you're producing so like in your mind what is or in your experience what is the difference between the sorts of chocolate that someone might go out into a shop and spend 50p or a pound buying like a you know i probably shouldn't say a brand but there are those brands that might in purple packaging that might spring to mind that we can think of when we think of perhaps lesser quality chocolate and the chocolate that you're working to, to produce?
2: I would say two things. Uh, one, quality and two, and fairness to the farmer. Because if we ask mm. ourselves, if we're paying 50p for a chocolate bar in a supermarket and you know that the food supply chain is so long, how much is the farmer actually getting for the produce? Um, mm. It's easy with chocolate to have that this. Disc- connect because it's grown in a completely different part of the world Um, cacao only grows in the tropics we don't really know how it's grown. not everyone knows the processes that uh, are involved in harvesting and making chocolate so yes taste um, is a reflection of quality and ethics right so if we have a 50p chocolate bar how much is the farmer getting and am I getting as a consumer? Am I getting a high quality product if it's that cheap?
3: So that's one of yeah. the main uh, differences, and one of the reasons why uh, we started this to be able to um, you know connect consumers with uh, the best produce available in the market, which normally is difficult to access for farmers in in developing countries to be able to sell a high premium product or produce for a chocolate maker to start working with. Uh, It's it's very, there are very different, there are many different barriers to entry for these farmers. And uh, we wanted Mm. to do that. We set out this uh, chocolate company to connect consumers with farmers and just to shorten the supply chain. So uh, a a very long supply chain uh, from a big chocolate manufacturer in the world, let's say in, in the UK or in the US, will look very different to what we do and we have single point of contact with um direct trade so we buy the, the cacao, the main ingredient for chocolate, directly from the farm. Uh, and then we are in control of the the whole supply chain. It's just us and the farmer. So we know how the beans Amazing. are stored, how they travel. And once they get to the chocolate manufacturing facilities, uh, the recipes and the ingredients that go in. So we know the variety and we know the, the whole process. Uh, and that has an impact on the final flavor of the chocolate. Uh, mm-hmm. This makes it a big difference. And yeah, yeah, that's what I would say is different.
1: Yeah. And it's
0: cheesy to say, but I really think it's true that you, you can taste the love in something like that, but also taste the equality and the fairness in something that's been traded well.
2: Yeah. We we believe that too. Uh, <laughs> we strongly believe that, and I think um, there is a movement uh, now. You know, we are more aware of where our products come from. Um, we want to know uh, the quality of the product. Uh, we see more and more people in the uh, in the supermarkets looking at ingredients, uh, provenance, mm-hmm. and that is telling us that our palates are changing as well because we can identify taste. You know, when something is cheap and when something is of higher quality. So. Yeah,
1: And it's, it's great to, to know that when you're eating something that is enjoyable, that you're not then causing harm. You're not perpetrating or, or you're not contributing to a system that actually harms people, that keeps people in poverty, that you're contributing to actually a, a, a different way of, of doing things, a, a different way of being. And it's it, often when I talk about this kind of thing, people kind of roll their eyes at me because like, oh, it's just chocolate. <laughs> but actually. As you're talking about, you know, you're talking about cacao and cacao farming. That's a really significant. The people that farm that that's their that's their livelihood. It's really significant for them. It's not just chocolate. And also, cacao has a rich history around the world of of kind of being used in medicine and in kind of religious ritual and all kinds of things. So it's it's actually really significant. It, has, it does have a, an impact. So it's not just a bar of chocolate. It, it does carry its own kind of contributions. Yes,
2: definitely. And uh, for example, we the more we learn about cacao, because when we started these, we we knew very little about chocolate, um, and we thought, you know, how hard can it be to make chocolate? It, it's just chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> not not exactly like that, but you know, uh, chocolate. But the more you get into it, you understand that yes, the farmers do play a massive role in that final quality of. Uh, what we taste in a chocolate bar. But there are so many processes in place that over the years we've tried to kind of skip because we overconsume, we want more, but not necessarily better. M- better. So we're skipping, you know, oh, you know, if we skip this process, if we don't roast it properly, roast the beans properly, or if we don't Fermented. ferment them properly, which is quite a big problem in the chocolate industry, then no one will know. Uh, we just add more
3: sugar, more flavoring, more vanilla, uh, and people would never notice. We save money, it's faster, we produce more, people still buy more.
2: I think there needs to be a shift in how we see value and the value of things. Yes, you want to eat something that you know is not contributing to a bigger problem. That ultimately would come back to us because it's a circle. You know, it's not, oh, we don't care, we'll never see the effects of that. We see it um, in the environment, climate change, um, social inequalities, all of these things that have been driven because of our um, consumption yeah and the way we behave our behavior so bringing it back and connecting i think for us it's so important to be able to show the farmer and what they actually do not just with the chocolate because they do a lot more with their forests um, with their communities because if you know and you have that connection um them, then you're going to think twice when you're going to buy a product. Yeah.
0: you just kind of highlighting, which is really true, that the circularity of, I guess, everything that we do, every decision that we make in general in, in life. Um, and the paths that we take there is that circular that comes back round and we don't have to see the circularity of things as negative what you're doing is creating a a positive loop a positive cycle so it doesn't have to be you make bad choices about the food you make and it's all going to be a negative impact Mm. actually why don't we shift that to spend the extra bit of money invest in something with value and see that full positive motion as well
2: yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, for example um, I'll tell you a little bit about some of our farmers
0: yeah uh, we work
2: with two very special communities in Ecuador. One is in the Amazon rainforest um, of Ecuador and another one is in the cloud forest. So the cloud forest uh, is in Ecuador is one of the last remaining cloud forests in the world and there's only 2% left of it. So our farmers, as um, a way of protecting their home because they live within the forest, are planting cacao, but are planting this ancient variety, um, not in a monocrop culture, you know they have a, a, a very diverse, uh, very di- diverse crops growing alongside these c- uh, cacao trees, and that's creating biodiversity corridors for uh, species that are threatened um, in mm. these regions. And are
3: endemic to this and are forest. endemic,
2: yeah. If we lose those, you know, that's it. <laughs> uh, they're not anywhere yeah. else in the world. So they could um, cut down cut down their trees, uh, turn to a monocrop because. At the end of the day, they need food on on their table and they need an income. Um, But they're choosing not to. um, They're going slower because the uh, Arriba Nacional variety, cacao variety that we're talking about, um, yields less, uh, it needs more care. Um, It hasn't been engineered to resist pests Um, modern pests modern pests which well there's there's Uh, another (laughs) um uh, and it has they have they thrive in an environment where there's various different crops growing around it so when we were talking about that circle that it it ultimately comes back to us if they don't look after their forests and they cut it down because they need to go to uh, and farm i don't know Corn, uh, cattle raising, palm, palm oil, which is a big problem in Ecuador. Mm. Um, then we are those. The soil is being um, degraded, mm. and we're going to see the effect on their communities, but also globally. So by producing this higher quality product, the consumer is getting a higher quality chocolate, which that's better for them because it's lower in sugar. It doesn't have all these chemicals. Uh, chemicals. Um, it's natural, and we are also looking after the environment. So it it comes as a full circle, and everyone is doing their bit. Our farmers are doing their bit. It's not like we just we just want to pay our farmers more because oh we feel sorry for them. No, they are they're also working hard to to save the environment, and yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really compelling narrative, isn't it? And uh, regenerative practices of farming and kind of investing in soil and and seeing the world as connected ecosystems as opposed to separate entities that exist without each other is one of my latest passion projects slash wanting to research more. And what I'm hearing you both talk about is a genuine connectedness to a a way of living and a way of farming that is... um, I don't really want to use the word sustainable anymore because i think sustainable means that we're trying to keep something going that perhaps is not a good thing to keep going like constantly wanting more but actually is truly regenerative um and what i'm hearing you talk about here with with your chocolate and with the farmers they're, they're doing something that yes does contribute to saving ecosystems but also is significant in itself um and that's really powerful but so maybe I I might take us back a a, a few steps and I've got loads of questions and we don't have time to to unpack them all but at the beginning you mentioned how you Mm. loosely got started on this journey but could you talk a little bit about the journey and and how you got there and were there ups and downs? Was it always smooth sailing? Were there lessons that you learned? You know, a little bit about how you went. How much chocolate was
0: consumed Mm. on that journey?
1: (laughs) A lot. Yeah, Absolutely.
3: (laughs) I think uh, that's a very good question because everyone thinks, okay, yeah, I'll start a chocolate company. How difficult can it be? It was a little bit like us at the beginning. Eight years ago, almost eight years ago, when we started this journey, uh, it took us a long time to get actually off the ground. Uh, because first of all, we needed to kind of have an idea, a clear idea, and a clear goal of how we were gonna uh, we're going to execute this and initially it started uh, a slightly different we didn't want we didn't think of making chocolate from the first day. we thought, okay, we'll buy the raw product produce, import it ourselves, and then sell it on to chocolate makers. But then what we quickly realized was that. Um, It was uh, two things, two businesses. So one is buying cocoa beans and then selling cocoa beans. It was going to be a little bit more uh, tricky uh, to begin with. Um, So we decided to start a little bit more organically in terms of let's take it slow. Uh, And that took us a while because uh, there are many challenges, many barriers when it comes to importing uh, raw produce from Ecuador into the UK, there are many systems in place to, to make sure that what you're bringing in is safe and of high quality or or meets different uh, safety standards. So that took us probably about a year, year and a half, I would say, and then finding the right uh, communities back home to work with. So finding the right farmers, farmers with the right variety, because what tends to happen in the la- what's been happening in the last few decades is more farmers, more cacao farmers have been turning to a higher yield variety of cacao. Uh, because uh, they've been cutting down, felling all the trees in their farms, old, ancient variety that was originated. This cacao variety is exclusive, uh, endemic to Ecuador, the one that we use. Uh, It was originated about 5,000 years ago, but it yields three times less. And no one in the industry, like the big chocolate manufacturers, will pay them a different price for the the better variety because they're not interested in quality, they're interested in in, in, in quantity. So, uh, they've been turning to that in the last few decades, to this higher yielding and less, uh, more prone, um, more resistant to pests. Uh, so for us to find that the, the farmers that wanted to to invest their time and, and and an extra few years of their lives in terms of regenerating their land, their farm, to protect this variety and to grow or to maintain their their crop. Uh, better this uh, ancient variety now that took a while as well that took um, probably about six months to find the farmers that had the 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 variety that we were after that were willing to to not just produce uh, this variety but also to do the post harvesting technique which means um, fermenting the beans drying the beans in the best way possible and then storing them in the right way so we can then ship it to, to the UK yeah. And then once we had some samples in the UK, it was about learning how to make chocolate.
2: Yes, and <sighs> we ate a lot of chocolate, and we made our friends eat a lot of chocolate <laughs> to the point that one day one of our friends said, "Please, I don't, I don't want to try anymore." <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was an amazing journey because we learned so much about chocolate and about all these different things. But making chocolate, we understood. Um, the cacao variety that we had and because we were only uh, dealing with one uh, origin one variety we were able to know that you know the different roasting profiles would highlight different elements of that uh, bean for example if you wanted it to taste uh, a lot more fruitier have more acidity then you roast it this way or if you you want it nuttier so it was a real journey of discovery in that sense
3: and that probably took another year until we got the kind of the basics right Uh, the first batch completely horrible we were very very disappointed after but the first batch
2: we were told when I was a chocolate maker um you know your first batch is going to be horrendous and somehow we ignored that. Yeah, we blocked that. You know, out. and when we made that first badge, we were so excited. It was horrible. <laughs> we <laughs> and were some, like,
0: "Why?" We had
3: some friends over. and said, "Look, come taste uh, the chocolate. Is ready, and I we haven't like... tried it yet." And then when we tried, it was like, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is not chocolate."
1: <laughs> it's an incredible investment, isn't it? That time and energy that goes into, and again, it demonstrates that you know, behind these smaller brands, these more community-focused brands. The, the amount of commitment that has to go into it compared to a big global brand that can kind of throw whatever money they want at something. Again, I think you mentioned something similar earlier on. Consumers, people, human beings are beginning to see through that. We want something that kind of talks to community. Like I, there are brands that I love because I feel like I'm part of a community as opposed to a, a purchaser of a product. And I, and I, Holly, will know this. One of again, one of my reflections recently is on the nature of community and how can we be in community with people that are halfway around the world, or, or with people that are in a different time zone, or have a different philosophy on life, or whatever. Um, but it was really beautiful to hear you talk about the community that has kind of that you've been part of as you've developed this product
3: yeah we agree completely
0: and i was wondering as well because you've got your local community that you discuss which is your lucky friends who got to (laughs) try the chocolate and obviously um other people uh, close to you geographically but of course you've got the, the community in ecuador and the people you're working with there how does that all fit together
3: Well, I think a very, very important question. Uh, I think what we've been trying to do from the very beginning was to make that bridge between the chocolate consumer, between our friends who were trying our chocolate. We wanted them, this chocolate, to be that bridge with the farmers in Ecuador. So that community that probably didn't know our friends back here in, in the UK, we were becoming their friends too. We were uh, working together, we were explaining to them what our friends in the UK were actually interested, what they were thinking about, uh, the, the chocolate that was made using their cacao beans and how excited they were to hear about, oh, someone appreciates the work that I've done. I mean, I've put in six to nine months of, of work in my farm and now you're telling me there are people that appreciate the chocolate that is made with these cocoa beans. So there was a, a slowly starting to get to form that bridge. We, we, we were part of that bridge as well because we wanted them to, to get to know the people here in the UK uh, to understand that yes it's not just a transaction it, it's more than that we we wanted to build this relationship and and chocolate was kind of the the best tool for that i think yeah
2: um, and another thing is we were able to share with our farmers the knowledge that we have in terms of taste and that's very important because a lot of farmers you know they they have this product but they don't know how it tastes they don't know you know what they really have and that works to the advantage of bigger corporations who want to exploit them because if they don't know i can come to them and say well your product is actually not worth this much i can pay you this but if they know what they have and they can turn around and say no um, i fermented these beans properly they have these flavor profiles they can demand a higher price and we've been able to share that information with our farmers helping them recognize the flavors that came from the flowers that grew around uh, the cacao trees the fruits And to them, it was amazing to see them, wow, this is a completely different world here. I I just come, treat this tree very well, I harvest it, but that's it, it ends there. But it doesn't have to end there. And that's happened because we've learned from friends in here, in the coffee industry, for example, and we were able to share that information with them. So that's kind of connecting the farmers to this side and the people in here to, you know, with the farmers.
0: That's really beautiful. And it really struck me when you're saying that is, as consumers, we so often see things centered to ourselves, like we're analyzing value. But what about the farmers? Actually, it's learning what value is from the for their side as well. So it's not just about us understanding the value of this product, it's about the farmer who's starting the process off, understanding the value of the end product. And I love that connection, because I guess it's empowering, as you say, to to farmers to know that. But it's also it, It's making a connection both ways. So it's nice to think that it's not just that maybe we go, oh, this is the name of the farmer who... Grew the cacao bean, but maybe a farmer's going. Okay, I don't specifically know that Holly is sat at home just loving her life with this chocolate, but they uh, they they can envision. They've got an understanding of well, there's someone at the other end who is so grateful for the months of work that went into that, which is a really lovely concept and a really beautiful <laughs> vision uh, to have.
1: Yeah, and for me, it also speaks to uh, something that's a bit more authentic than I will as as often as I can. I'll look out for the trade symbol on products because it's one of the only ways and i know there are flaws with it as a as a brand but it's one of the only ways to kind of determine to an extent that you're you're not screwing over a farmer somewhere or an entire community somewhere um but as with all of these uh, issues these kind of global issues that we're facing you know we could talk about greenwashing in terms of climate change i think there can be an element of fair trade washing as well and so you can kind of see oh look there's a happy smiling farmer in some remote community somewhere that's stuck on this product, on, on a tea product, for example, or a coffee product, and therefore we're kind of—it's almost fair trade washed. Uh, we need a colour for fair trade washing um, that, that um, so you kind of it attempts to absolve commu- consumer guilt a little bit. And maybe there isn't a fair trade involved in that. I'm not saying that all fair trade products are lying, but there is a perhaps there's a, a, a trying to kind of make it simpler for people. Um, but what I hear you articulate is actually encouraging the kind of complexity of that two way process and not seeing it as a negative thing, but seeing as it as a more, this is a more holistic approach to a relationship that goes both ways that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. I
3: think interconnectedness is important. We are interdependent Mm. with each other. And the moment we start losing uh, our, the the care for other people, for our community, for people who live far away, then we start losing sight of what really matters in life. You know, it's communities, friendships, it's it's relationships. relationships. So it's important for the consumer, for us that consumers here understand that there is more than just, chocolate is just more than that. Uh, And and it's, it's incredible. The journey that we can take people in when they're they're trying our chocolate. Yeah.
0: Mm. It's just so wonderful that all of these big concepts and what life is about can actually come right down to this amazing bar of chocolate.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And like for example, why do we love chocolate so much? Because it's always linked to those memories of childhood, growing up, a gift when, you know, you you did something good and your parents said yeah you can have a chocolate bar. So it always goes to relationships. Love. We are so fond. Like, we really like chocolate because of what we attach those memories to.
0: Could you tell us how we can find you, how we can find your products?
3: The the, the easiest way would be to go on our website and then just order from our website. We have free UK delivery.
2: And if you are in London mm-hmm. and you want to have a great drinking hot chocolate you can go to any of the pavilion bakeries or origin coffee shops um around in london and you'll be able to taste uh, amazing hot chocolate yeah
1: (laughs) no way i'm now so jealous that holly's in london and i know what she's going to be doing over the next 24 (laughs) hours is finding one of those and i'm not going to be able to do that absolutely
0: i mean my afternoon plans are now completely sorted i know where i'm going
1: (laughs) great let's be honest spending the last 40 minutes talking about chocolate now all i can think about is chocolate. (laughs) thank you we really valued your your time and your energy and just hearing uh, just the briefest of snippets about your journey but how passionate you are about it Thank
2: thank you for having us and this is great because what you do is amazing too you're creating community um for the people who one and are seeking uh, something different and those products and those things that we talked about so thank you uh, yes. for being that thank you for know, inviting us that platform yeah
0: what a joy thank you so much okay Go. so i really think the only way to sum up that conversation is get me some chocolate right now
1: i'm so hungry it's obscene
0: I'm like, I'm so enthused by the things that Sarah and Andres shared, like the beauty of the community and the vision and the business they've made. And if I'm honest, I just need to, I just need the chocolate, which is just going to seal the deal on the absolute joy that was that conversation.
1: Yeah, it was a really um, compelling chat, wasn't it? Because it covered so many of the, the, the elements of previous conversations and, and conversations that you and I have personally that are really significant in the kind of the journey that we're on to. Um, and I love the elements of the weaving in of things like community and that kind of sense of reciprocity within that community, that that ability to share and also to kind of impart wisdom and skill upon others, um, knowledge that farmers are being told what the, how valuable their product actually is. Um, it's a really powerful story. And a really beautiful product that we get to consume. You know, I mentioned in, in the podcast, uh, in the episode about my sabbatical, I'm like, oh, could I, can I go visit their farmers? Um, because um, that part of the world is an un- uncharted territory for me. So never know, maybe well do well being on tour, get to the source of this chocolate.
0: Stop it. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking I need to get myself there. And oh, just the joy. So watch the Exactly. Maybe we'll be um, aboard a boat. I think we should take a boat over there personally.
1: Sure. (laughs) We'll we'll iron out the details. (laughs) But in the meantime, between us traversing continents, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, subscribe. Give us a comment, Mm -hmm. share this as you would a delightful piece of chocolate with a neighbour, a friend, a family member, even someone who maybe recently has annoyed you a little bit, you know, in the spirit of generous giving, we might share this with people that we might not normally talk to. Share
0: or don't share the chocolate, but definitely go and find some. And we'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so you can get in touch um, via the website or by finding us uh, at World of Wellbeing on Instagram. All of that information will be in the show notes as well as how you get in touch with Rio Nuevo as well Um, so until next time thank you for listening lots of peace and love and a lot of chocolate
0: in cacao love Bye bye bye